Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat is a little bit of Puppet, or maybe a lot of Puppet. Happy to be joined by Mike Steinke of Puppet. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey man, it's our pleasure. So Mike, why don't we uh, start off with a little, well, I think it's obvious we should start off with, what's your position with Puppet? Uh, I'm a senior director of engineering, so the uh, the engineering folks that build Puppet Enterprise and the Puppet platform, the open source stuff, and then the dev services teams are all uh, roll up under me. So. Fantastic. And, you know, Mike, I, I think, look, 99.9% of our audience is, of course, familiar with Puppet. Uh, we're DevOps.com, and, and there was a, you know, certainly Puppet's kind of synonymous with DevOps, right? Um, but why don't we talk about you, Mike? How did how did you wind up in this role? How long were you with Puppet? How'd you get here? Uh, I've been at Puppet almost eight years now, so I, I think I'm I'm near the top of the the tenure of uh, people at, at Puppet. But the uh, I was always interested in operations and system administration, and then what I found quickly was I was interested in making those people better. Um, it wasn't I, I, system administration itself wasn't that fun, but making system administrators more effective was way more fun. And naturally, a tool like Puppet was uh, just, you know, it drug me there, I guess, is, is a way to say it. I met uh, the founders really early on when I lived in Nashville. And when they were moving out to Portland, we had just some discussions, and I joined them a year later. And, uh, you know, since then, I've, I've been there. And I've always been really interested in the, the operational side of the technology, whether it was system administration and how you make those people better or software engineering and you know what's the nuts and bolts of how that gets assembled what's the pipelines look like what's all of the um you know delivery mechanisms underneath and that, that's where i've spent a lot of my time so you know operations security and and um you know that end of the technology stack but whether it's dev or ops i'm happy to work with it absolutely you know mike one of the interesting kind of paradoxes I found in the DevOps space is when you talk to people from Puppet, even when you talk to people from Chef and, and uh, you know, some of the other early DevOps tools that were out there, their backgrounds are ops people, right? But yet when you talk to, you know, people in the street, oh, DevOps is all about dev, right? It's all dev-led and it's dev-centric and it's too much dev, it's too much dev. But yet it almost seems like it was all these ops people getting together saying, hey, how can we make life easier for us as well as dev, right? Yeah, in, in the early days, um, you know, when you go to DevOps days, like, you know, I was at the one, the first one in the U.S. in 2009. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was probably 85% ops people. And yeah. you know, that, that shifted over time to where I think today it's probably a majority of developers uh, at those. Oh, I think it is. I, I think you're right. I, you know, uh, but, but it did start from basically operations people saying, we understand um, development techniques. We understand uh, you know, delivery. And we want to borrow these practices from software engineering and make operations a, you know, a more honed craft than just response and firefighting. And I think it went pretty well overall. It has worked pretty well overall. I mean, and it's worked so well that the devs have, have come in there. I mean, it, and certainly in, in your eight, you know, plus years here now being involved, not just with Puppet, but with the DevOps scene in general, I imagine you, you, you know, you've seen more changes than just more devs showing up at DevOps days, right? Containers and Kubernetes and Docker wasn't a thing yep. eight or nine years ago, obviously, and serverless and, you know, all of these, you know, kind of, uh, machine learning and AI and you know, there's just so much is 
water under the bridge, if you will. But I, I think it also puts you in a very unique perspective, right? In a unique position for perspective. As yeah, to I, I mean, as I look back on it and I look, you know, look forward and what are the modern trends? A lot of them are, you know, one of my sayings is these aren't new problems. They're just rearranged. And, you know, a lot of them are very similar things that we've learned, you know, generationally every, every decade, every half decade in some cases. And, you know, we're going to do the same thing now. And, you know, with Kubernetes, uh, you know, I think one of the themes of KubeCon recently came out was first you must unlearn everything you know. Well, if that's where we start, we're leaving a whole bunch of people behind. Yeah, you shoot me now. And <laughs> I, I, I was at Kubernetes as well. And yeah, and, that didn't really sit well with me. And so, you know, I, I, I think we've, we've, been done, we've been down that path before. I mean, Puppet was kind of in that same mode where, you know, everything you do for system administration, let's think about it as a model instead of a set of actions. And like that was okay. Stop. Unlearn what you what you know and and change. And you know we, that worked for a big set of people, but it didn't work for everybody. And I think that you know the the, the modern cloud technologies kind of have the same thing. And you know along those lines, um, you know kind of the rise of microservices. It, it, it brings up the same thing for me. Where yes, okay, I've optimized for developers, and they can do whatever they want. They can write their own language. You know, pick their tools, whatever. But it turns out keeping 300 things online and available and measured versus two or three to, to solve a problem, it's a way harder problem operationally. And I just don't think that every company is ready to bite that off or can successfully do it even if they tried. Well, it, so here it is. You know, I had someone explain, and it was around microservices, someone explained it to me this way. Microservices isn't the kind of thing you do because you can. Right? It, it's, it, it's just not, I mean, you want to know the truth? I look at Kubernetes, and, and I'm a big fan, and I was at KubeCon, too, and I got the buzz. I drank the Kool-Aid. I get it. It's still not friggin' easy to use. Let, let's be clear, right? Managing a, a Kubernetes-based infrastructure is, is not easy yet. I don't know if it ever gets really easy. So it, it, in spite of what you may hear, it may not be the right thing to use for everyone. And I think that's part of what we got to remember. Yeah, I mean, I would say it absolutely is not the right thing. It isn't the right thing for everybody. Um, you know, I, I think there's a trend in the industry right now where a lot of big companies, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix, uh, you know, Google, have dominated the conversation. Everybody's trying to emulate them. And it turns out the, you know, 99% of the companies don't have the scale problems those companies have. They don't have the technology problems those companies have. So why are those solutions the ones that everybody wants to adopt and go forward with? I'm not saying there's not good ideas there, but I don't think it's a, you know, I need to emulate these companies at a one-to-one -one ratio. And I think that's just not seen right now. That conversation isn't happening to the level it should be, I think. Absolutely. But you know what, to be fair, Mike, it, that's, this is not a cube only kind of phenomenon, right? We saw it with the cloud. There are some things that don't have to be on the cloud. Absolutely. Right? And and to start, you know, just uplifting all your stuff to the cloud just for the sake of saying I'm on the cloud, well, that makes no friggin' sense either, right? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I think the same can even be said for DevOps initiatives. You know, mm -hmm. you look at our our research on it shows that right now, you know, there's a, a disconnect in where C-levels think their DevOps initiatives are versus where an individual contributor would say, say it is. And I think that was, it, it wasn't surprising when you look at the research, you know, that C-levels are disconnected from line level engineers, but the level of disconnect, you know, it's a 30% Delta at times like that. And you're like, when, what is it that they're measuring and seeing versus an IC on the ground? And, um, 
you know, is it that the, the, the C level read about DevOps and CIO magazine and decided that's what we're doing, or did they actually have a plan and a transformation and had objectives that they could measure? And, you know, so I, I've seen, are true. So. I, I, I've seen the same research, but I've also seen those deltas at C levels about what their level of security is, right? Yep. Or, or how secure their, their applications are versus line engineers. The line engineer people want to shoot themselves because they know what corners they cut and getting stuff out on time where the C level says, Oh, everything's fine. You know, um, I, I think, to be fair, those kinds of problems, though, so it's easy, it's always easy for the little guy to say, oh, the guy upstairs is a moron, right? The guy upstairs doesn't get it. He's not smart. I'm smart. I don't know why he makes all the money. I'm the smart one. Yep. To be fair, I think the disconnect is at both ends of the spectrum, and the truth somewhere lies in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is as you attempt to escalate bad news, it gets downplayed at each layer. And mm -hmm. so, you know, if I go to my boss and say this thing's broken, my boss will go to their boss and say, hey, this thing might not be working so well. The next boss is, you know, hey, this thing, it exists, you know, and by the time it gets to the C-level, it's, it's a non-issue. It doesn't make a report. It's sugar-coated, man, right. Yeah. And, and, and I used to hate that, right? When I was, uh, I was a chief strategy officer, I co-founded a bunch of companies. Just tell me the real deal. Don't, don't sugarcoat it, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we got a problem. I want to know we got a problem. But, but... I've also had, you know, engineers who went to the Scott, Scotty School of Engineering and everything was, a, you know, DEFCON level five problem. Absolutely. And, and not everything rises to DEFCON five um, or DEFCON one, depending how you do your scaling. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it said, look, it's interesting times to be in the IT game and in the IT industry, right? We, there's so much available out there there's new stuff coming on and as an industry we are so stricken with shiny trinket syndrome right that we always go for the new thing and try to and sometimes babies get thrown out with bath water yeah I, I think you know when i'm talking to people and they're asking where do i start or how do i how do i make significant progress i i guess i've been one of the, the findings we found this year was you know, work on things that are closer to production. And that's whether it's your deployment process or, you know, a, a, a cross-team collaboration process. Um, but the things closest to production have the biggest impact first. And so, like, optimizing your development process, it turns out developers are going to optimize that process whether you tell them to or not. That's just how they work. Whereas the, the operational side of things or the deployment side of things where the rubber meets the road, any improvement there can be felt maybe not by just one app, but maybe many apps that they're reusing deployment patterns and, you know, reusing testing strategies and things like that. So it's generally a kind of work right to left rather than left to right in, in where you want to make improvements. And, you know, that's kind of the, I guess, the 50,000 foot level of, you know, what I suggest people start. And it doesn't mean, hey, go adopt Kubernetes or go adopt a cloud. It might just mean, man, make your deployment simpler so it's not a, a, a four-hour process or a two-day process. Agreed, agreed. Um, hey, Mike, we, we, we use more than half our time here talking history. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's happening with Puppet. So what, what's new? What's new with our friends from Puppet? Um, well, you know, this year we, we did our, I think it's our seventh uh, State of DevOps report this year. Yeah. And so um, this year we, we took a little bit different track where for the last several years it's been, hey, let's prove that DevOps is awesome or let's prove it's great. And I think that people have got that message. I think it's resonated well. And this year what we got were a lot more questions around 
how, how do I improve and how do I make that difference? And okay, if, if I'm bought into, I believe that DevOps will improve the way that my business functions, what do I do to get that started? And so we asked a lot of different questions about where you were in maturity and where you were in terms of, you know, your journey and what you were doing kind of along the way. And it, it just uncovered some new things. You know, part of it was that C-level disconnect I talked about earlier. Part of that was definitely the starting with things closer to production in terms of improvement. Um, but then, you know, some of the other things were like, man, there's things that you just have to be doing throughout your entire, your entire journey, whether or not you're, you know, starting with DevOps today or you started seven or eight years ago. You know, if this team that runs a service can't configure how it's monitored, like you're just not going to have a good time. And so, you know, and people are like, wow, we need self-service monitoring. That's not what that says. What that says is that they have the ability to configure it. It could be that they drop, you know, a, a piece of YAML on a, on a file share somewhere and some other process goes and picks it up and turns it into a ticket and somebody goes and configures it an hour later. That's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be fully automated. You know, you don't need a fully operational Death Star to start with. But what you do need are, are processes that make sense. And uh, consequences to follow the engineering decisions. And so like if the engineers make decisions and the consequences are then burdened by an operations team or a different team altogether, just the incentivized to improve is just, it's totally slanted in the wrong direction. I got you. I, I, I hear you. Um, I mean, certainly this year's, uh, you know, DevOps survey was, I, I noticed the difference. It, and, and, and frankly, I was, I welcomed it. Right. Because I was getting tired of a DevOps company saying, are you using DevOps? It was kind of, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail thing. And and it's good that we were self-reflective in the DevOps industry about, hey, what's working, what's not working, et cetera. However, all that being said, Mike, I also, I'm not a fan of this undertow that I sometimes hear when I go to DevOps days and conferences about, oh, what was me? My DevOps failed, right? You probably heard this too, you know, from some folks, or if not failed, my DevOps isn't everything I want it to be, or we're not going as fast as we want. And, yeah, and I, I think I actually wish I heard more of that, which is I'm going to turn that on its head. And it's because I feel like when you go to a conference, everybody's presenting their best foot forward. And it's like living on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. You know, everybody's telling you the life of their company. Oh, life is great. And how great, great. they are. Whereas most of these people that have been working on these DevOps journeys, when they're talking about success, you know, they skip over the failures. They skip over a lot of things that didn't go well. Or maybe they solve this one problem and it's awesome they're talking about it, but they have four others sitting under a rug somewhere. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I have friends at, at, you know, some of the best known technology companies in the world, and they talk about their mountains of tech debt and the stuff they're not solving and the, the backlog that's not getting done. And it doesn't matter where you work. That stuff's universally true. And I think that, you know, we need to share that rather than, allowing an audience to think that, oh man, you know, if we do DevOps, we'll be just like Netflix. It's like, no, you won't. Like, you know, and, and it's even, oh, if no, by the way, things aren't perfect. Right. And even if you are, that was, that was my next point is even if you are there, it turns out they have stuff that's not going right. That's so. And, and so that's really back to that shiny trinket thing. People think, oh, I got myself a magic bullet here. And when you have unrealistic expectations like that, you're not going to, it's, you know, like overhype, right? And, and you can't meet those expectations and it's not realistic. One of the things I think we've seen, in, you know, evidence of the survey this year, but also we, we're seeing it, I think, broadly across the kind of DevOps space is 
more realistic of what really is DevOps, right? I don't, I don't go to these conferences and hear people say, so what exactly is DevOps anymore? I hate that. Truth be told, I was on a panel here in South Florida where I live, uh, something called IT Palooza. And you know what? I was doing a DevOps, what to expect DevOps 2019 panel. My first question from the audience was, well, what exactly is DevOps? But I chalked that up to being in South Florida and we're in the desert here, right? You're not going <laughs> to get that question in maybe Madison or Portland. No, I, I think we get that question all over the place. Do you? You still get it? I, we still get it all the time. I, I just say the debate's not worth having. Like, if you're if you're close enough to what you think you have a general understanding, let's and talk about good. Like, let's just get to improvement. and. Yeah. Um, you know, or you can Google it and you'll find uh, 20,000 articles that'll tell you what, what somebody's definitely, yeah, a whole bunch and, of them. and they're all within the error bars, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first six months of DevOps.com, I must have, we must have published a dozen or two dozen. What is DevOps thing? And I, I was, I really look to get away from that. But at the same token, we are seeing a, a little bit of maturity from organizations, not necessarily unicorns, you know, as Gene Kim calls them. Yeah. Horses or whatever. We're starting to see these people lay it down, right? I, I think what we're seeing largely is is group level success or work group success. Yeah. And we're not seeing company wide success. Wow, very few. And so, you know, you're seeing a group of one to maybe three or four teams be really, really successful. Which is great if you can get to the three or fourteen level, and you know, in your current day and age, you're in the, the you know the upper echelons of the pack. All right, no doubt about it. No doubt. And you know, if you have three or four teams that are successful in DevOps and you're sharing properly, and other teams are asking how they can replicate the way you work, like your DevOps transformation is just well on its way and doing great. And I think a lot of people think, well, my whole company needs to be bought in, or my entire IT department, or whatever, and like. Yeah, that's a goal, and I totally respect that and want you to have that. But it that stuff doesn't change overnight, uh, and it, it doesn't change even in, in a couple of years in a lot of cases. It's a lot longer than that for most companies. Yeah, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Mike, we're almost out of time, and I <laughs> I feel terrible. But So we, we've identified issues. We've identified, talked about kind of state of the art. What's Puppet doing beyond the survey and stuff? Um. Yeah, we've been, product wise, what's Puppet doing to help these people? Yeah, well, we've been focusing a lot on the ways you want to interact with the things you manage, and what are the things you want to manage. You know, for a long time, hosts were the were the kind of the the center of the world. It was, hey, we're going to help you configure servers, and then it was, hey, network devices can look like servers if you squint and look hard enough, and we can help you manage those. And you know, what do you get to when the resource at the other end you want to manage isn't host centric and doesn't run an agent? Uh, maybe it's an API. You know, it could be a cloud API, it could be a Kubernetes API, yeah. it could be a container orchestration service. Um, there's no world in the future where there's fewer things to manage. They might be different things, but luckily, you know, Puppet as a language can evolve and change and grow to have the concept of managing a resource, whether that resource is on a host or in the cloud or uh, an API concept. And that's that's kind of where we've been taking product strategy is, is how do we enable that management of things that are um, abstractions away from hosts and at different levels of resource. Absolutely. Um, I, I forgot puppet conf must be coming up. Is it this spring, summer already? It, it's, it's October. Um, oh. So it's a, it's a little bit later this year. It's in Portland this year though. So um, oh, cool. if you want to go visit. Now I have a reason to come to Portland. It's a great time to be there. Um, October is one of the nicer months in my opinion. It's right before the rain sets in and the weather's usually pretty good. So that will count me in. 
All right. Mike, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm going to tell you, hey, man, we're over time. And you can say, oh, that went quick. So we're over time. Uh, but that went quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. I tell you, it's 20, 15, 20 minutes goes quickly. Anyway, it was a pleasure talking with you today. And thanks for being our guest on DevOps Chat. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, man, we'll have you back on soon. All right. And we'll Cheers. talk some more. Mike Stanky from Puppet, right? Yep. We got it right. Hey, man, thanks for being our guest on DevOps Chat. This is Alan Chimmel, Chimmel for DevOps.com. And you just listened to another DevOps chat. Have a great day.